So follow along with me in your Bible, if you would, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible said, But it came to pass within a while after, in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go into my wife, into the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hadst utterly hated her. Therefore I gave her to thy companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught three hundred foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the, fire, set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. Then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and went down and dwelt in the top of the rock Edom. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why, why are you come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up, to do him, to do to him as he hath done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock Edom and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves." And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire. And his bands loosed from off his hands, and he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. It came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called the place Ramath-Lehi.
And he was sore athirst, and called on the Lord, and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst, and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. And when he called, and wherefore he called the name thereof in Hekor, which is in Lehi unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. I'm going to go and pray. And if you would, you pray with us this evening and ask the Lord to help us and benefit us tonight. Our Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, our Savior, your Son, we come, Father, humbly before the throne room of grace. Lord, we come to obtain mercy from you and find grace to help us in the time of our need. Lord, you know that we are carnal creatures. You know, Lord, that we are creatures in need of a divine touch and unction from God. And Lord, as, that, uh, as has been said to us about functioning without unction, Lord, I don't want to function without your unction tonight. I want your power and I want your touch and I want your anointing to be upon us tonight. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll speak to hearts lost and saved. And I pray, dear God, that you'd magnify yourself in the midst of your people tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be in line with my words and with my thoughts. And Lord, I do not want to uh, draw attention unto myself. But Lord, I want people to go away and say that, Lord, that your word is precious and that you are so wonderful. And Lord, that that you do will thank you and praise you because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I draw your attention back tonight to the entirety of the chapter and we will look at it and work our way through it this evening. We find that this is a very familiar story to those Old Testament students who are in the room tonight. This is the story of how that Samson had gone down into the land of the Philistines. He had taken a wife. You know the story. And how that he had cast out a riddle in the previous chapter and the Philistines had snookered him in finding out the riddle's uh, truth through his wife. And he had gone away mad. And uh, by this time, he has been separated from his wife for a considerable time. And he comes back down to Timnath to be with his wife. And when he gets there, he finds out that his father-in-law has given her over to another man to be his wife. And as a result of that, Samson is very angered and mad. And he takes these 300 foxes which he catches. And may I say to you, that is a, that is, that is a, a miracle in itself. We're trappers. I, I, we run trap lines. Me and some men from the church and my boys and things, we run traps. And to, to catch 300 foxes is a real deal. And he didn't have number two steel leg traps. That isn't what he had. He had his hands and he snared these foxes and he took these foxes, tied them tail to tail, set them on fire and sent them into the standing and shocked corn. The Bible said that it destroyed all of those things. Subsequently, the Philistines asked what had happened. And when they found out what Samson had done and the reason for which he had done it, they took the Timnite and the daughter who was Samson's wife 
and they killed them, burning them with fire, angering Samson. Samson marches in and kills several of these Philistines in this chapter with a great slaughter, slaying them hip and thigh, the Bible said, in verse number 8. And there are several hundred men that die in this slaughter. And Samson goes and sets himself in the rock Edom. When he gets up there taking his leisurely time, uh, there is a contingency of 1,000 Philistines that come to accost him, to arrest him, and to bring him before a Philistine court for trial. As they come to get him, they speak to 3,000 Jewish men who go up to Samson in the rock and convince him to allow them to bind him and bring him to the Philistines, which he does. When they come down, when Samson comes down to the Philistines, the cords on his arms are like burnt flax. He breaks them apart and he picks up a new jawbone of an ass that has died and he marches in to those 1,000 Philistines and another marvelous miracle takes place. Samson, one man, slays 1,000 Philistine men with a new jawbone of an ass. As I was studying this particular uh, passage of Scripture, I find that Samson becomes thirsty and God brings water by another miracle out of the jawbone of this ass to quench the thirst of this man, Samson. I believe that this, uh, I believe that this is a, a, a real story, a true story. I'm not just believing it on sheer faith. I believe that this historical record of this is the truth, and I believe it with all of my heart. I believe that everything that God said in, in uh, Judges 15 took place. Now, as I was reading and studying this, the Lord gave me three or four thoughts in this chapter. In this chapter, there are about three different major divisions that I see in this chapter. Between verse number 1 down through about verse number 13, I see a time of great urgency in the history of Israel. In verse number 14 down through verse number 17, I see a test of great usefulness in these verses. And then verse 18, down through verse number 20, I see a transformation to be utilized of God in an unusual way. Amen. And by the grace of the Lord tonight, I'd like to preach to you in the next few minutes on I've got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> now as we look at this tonight, I want us to see several things if God will help us. In verse number 1, I see that this bone is going to be utilized by God in the hand of Samson because there is a time of great urgency where there's a problem between a bridegroom and a bride. Samson comes down to have fellowship and communion with his bride but we see that his bride is involved in an adulterous affair. Here she is wound up in the arms of a strange man and his bride is unable to have intimate fellowship and communion with him because that there is a heart problem in that bride toward her bridegroom. And there is a time of great urgency of a need of God to use something and to utilize something 
something Amen. in a marvelous way yes, in a time where there's a problem with a bridegroom and a bride. We're living in an era of time where God is needing to pick someone up who is unusual and use him Amen. or her for the glory and the honor of God. The Bible teaches us that not many wise are called and yeah. not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise right. and he has cho chosen the base things of this world to yeah. bring to naught the things which are. Right. And may I say to you that in this time, uh, that you and I live in, there's a great problem between the bridegroom and the bride. It seems as if the church of the living God is committing spiritual whoredom against their Savior. And this great problem in intimate fellowship and communion between the bridegroom and a bride has given us a great opportunity to step up to the plate and be that something that God can use and that God can utilize Amen. for His glory and His honor. Amen. It's not only a time of urgency because of a bride and her bridegroom, but it's a time of great urgency because of a great burning. The Bible said that Samson has sent these foxes 300 strong into the standing and shot corn through the olive yards and the vineyards and the olives have burnt and the grapes have burnt. And there are wine presses that have been overturned. And the corn has burnt down. In other words, the judgment of God has come to the nation of the Philistines and has economically broken the back of that country in judgment. And that is a time when God is going to step up Amen. with something unusual and do a mighty and a great thing during an economic crisis. Amen. And are we not there, ladies and gentlemen, in this 21st century America? Are we not there where the judgment of God has wreaked havoc on our economy and He has broken our back. He has broken our wallet. He has broken our economy through judgment. And that is where we are tonight. And may I say to you, I don't expect that, that change is going to bring much change to us. I expect great things to happen in detriment to our economy even further. It is going to take a miracle of God to recover it. And it is in those times where God's judgment brings brokenness where someone can step to the plate and offer themselves to God and have God use them and utilize them for His honor and glory. A time of a problem with a bride. A time of a problem with brokenness. A time of a problem with a battle. The Bible said that the Philistines march against Samson and say, we do not want you in our society. We do not want you in our world. We do not want you wreaking havoc in our land and bringing judgment to us. We want you gone from the framework of our society. And that is exactly where America is today. We are wanting God to be gone from the framework of our society. Our country does not want 
Judeo-Christian principles to rule in its government nor to rule in its streets. And one of the reasons why we have such a difficult problem and time with violence and crime and brokenness and robbery and drug abuse and alcoholism and drunkenness in our land is because America wants God gone from the framework of her society. But it is in that time when someone can step up to the plate and say, God, I know I'm not much and I know I'm unusual, but I am offering myself to your hand to be used and utilized for your glory. A time of urgency with a bride. A time of urgency with brokenness. A time of urgency with a battle. But notice there's a time of urgency in regard to bondage. After Samson slays them hip and thigh and goes up into the rock Edom, it is not long before he sees little heads begin to walk up the mountain toward him. 3,000 strong from the local churches come up to where Samson is and say, listen, you don't understand, Mr. Sampson. We, I know we're living in, in Philistine territory and I know that the Philistines do not like Jehovah God, but Samson really, they've been pretty good to us and we've got it good here. Things are not really all that bad. And we, I'm telling you, Mr. Sampson, we don't want you messing up our good life. And so what we want to do is we don't want to kill you and we don't want you to be dead because, hey, you are our judge, you know. We don't want you dead, but we sure would like to bind your hands. And so we see the people of God bind the hands of the strong one to keep him from bringing any more difficulty to what they consider to be a normal life for them. And oh, is that not where we are today? The church of the living God does not want the God of the Bible to walk through their land. The church of the living God today uh, across this land, regardless of its denomination or charter, they do not want this Jehovah God, this self-existent God of fiery indignation and judgment one who tramples out the wrath of Almighty God in his wine press, this God of fiery indignation and judgment on sin. They don't want that God to walk through their land. They don't mind God being there, but they do want his hands to be tied. But it is in that time of great urgency when someone can step to the plate. We see, secondly tonight, a test of great usefulness. Notice with me this test of great usefulness, and this is a slight reiteration. It is in a time of great desperation. In verse 14, the Bible said, the Philistines shouted against him. Israel was in a desperate situation. Just as America is in a desperate situation. Israel was in a desperate situation. That is when someone can be useful. Not when things are good. 
Not when things are wonderful, but when things are deplorable and when things are desperate, that is when God can find a man that he can use. Notice there will not be a use of anyone until there is a divine move. Notice it doesn't take someone who comes up with a coalition from the right to make things right. We've had plenty of coalitions and we've had plenty of committees. And we've had many of the moral majority who have stood up and stood for what is right. And oh, how I am thankful for a voice. But we don't need a voice as much as we need a visitation. That's good. That's good. The Bible said here in verse 14 that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Him. What we need more than another coalition, what we need more than another committee is we need the divine power of an almighty God to move. Notice this with me if you would. That Samson is on this hill. He starts down this mountain with his hands bound. As he proceeds down the mountain with his hands bound, he sees that the hordes of the Philistines, 1,000 strong. Isn't it amazing that 3,000 Israelites went up to the top of the mountain to convince Samson to come down and surrender his authority when there were only 1,000 of the enemy in the valley? Why didn't those 3,000 men turn on those 1,000 and say, we're going to have God and we're not going to have all of this mess in our land? That's right. That's good. I'm telling you, there's more people in this land who really love God and who really want to serve God than you really do realize. You're right about that. That's right. But they don't know what to do. You're right about that. That's right. That's right. That's the truth. The Bible said here that as he proceeds down, there are 1,000 bloodthirsty Philistines. And they want him. They're going to take his head from him. They're going to kill him. They're going to eradicate their society of this great menace called Samson. But notice as Samson is on his way down, he makes a decision. And that decision is, God's power has moved mightily upon me. And I am going to show this world that there is a God in heaven. As he proceeds down that mountain, notice this is Samson. He is the man who put those gates upon his back and walked away. This is a man who caught 300 foxes and tied them tail to tail. We're not just talking about any man. We're talking about Samson the man. Now, I'm talking about Samson now. You know what I'm talking about? Samson could have walked over to that hill and said, let me get these off of me right quick. He said, that boulder will do. And he could have picked up a boulder and rolled it off that hill like a bowling ball. Did you notice that? I've done that before. He could have taken all those Philistines out with a boulder. He could have jerked up a mighty oak tree from the roots, thrown it over his shoulder, walked down in that valley, and just used it as a sweeper and took care of the enemy. 
He could have done that. We're talking about Samson. Right, yes, sir. But that's not what Samson did. Samson was not looking for the great. Samson was not looking for the mighty. Samson was not looking for the strong or the stout. Samson was just looking for something. And his eyes fell upon a jawbone of an ass. Now we're talking about a thousand Philistine enemy. Yes, sir. Yeah, that ought to work. That'll do. All right, let's go. And into the valley he marches with a jawbone of an ass in his hand. Yes, sir. And he annihilates a thousand men, the enemies of his God, with a jawbone. There are plenty of things at the rock Edom in Lehi the mountain that he could have picked up and he could have used. But his choice was quite strange. (laughs) Let's notice something about this jawbone. First of all, for this jawbone to have been used, it had to be on display. Did you hear me now? Some of you just totally missed that. It had to be on display. It wasn't hiding under a bush. It wasn't buried beneath the rocks. This jawbone was placed strategically in a position where it could be seen, where it could be readily observed, and where it could be retrieved. It was on display. If God is going to use your life, then you must be on display. Number two, this jawbone not only had to be on display, but there had to be a death in this jawbone's life for it to be used. You will never be used of God until there is a death that takes place in your life. Paul said, I die daily. Paul said that this flesh wreaks havoc against me. And he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, Paul was saying, I'm a dead man. For in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present within me. But how to perform that which is good I die not. Paul admitted that he was a wretched man who shall deliver me from the body of this death in Romans 7, 24. He said, I want you to realize and understand I'm on display, but there has been a death that has taken place in my life. I'm dead to myself. The Bible said, the Apostle Paul stating it, we are to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you a dead man? Amen, preacher. Thirdly, there was not only a de- on display, and there was not only a death, but thirdly, there had to be a decay. He didn't say he used the jaw of an ass. 
It said he used the jawbone right. of an ass. Which means, Brother Z, that there had to be some decay that took place. There had to be the flesh picked off of that bone. The sinew had to be removed from that bone. The skin had to be torn away from that bone. In other words, the flesh was dealt with before it ever could be used. And you can never step to the plate in this day and hour when God needs to come and pick someone up and use them. You and I can never be used of God to the point of being really utilized by God until we deal with the flesh. We walk in the flesh. But Paul said we do not war after the flesh. Paul said, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul said, the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Paul said, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, and he gives a litany list of things that are trap sticks that are built in the framework of humanity that will keep us from being used by God. And he said, if you're going to be used like the jawbone of the ass that Samson picked up, you're going to have to deal with your flesh. Amen. That's right. Amen. Good preaching. Notice it was not only on display. There was not only a death. There was not only a decay. But fourthly tonight, this particular jawbone was dismembered from the head that once controlled it. It didn't say, now listen to me now, listen to me. I don't want to get past you. It didn't say he used the head of an ass. It said he used the jawbone of an ass. At one time, that jawbone had been connected at the base of the head of that ass. And that head of that ass turned that jawbone wherever it wanted it to turn. It lifted the head or it dropped the head. It made that jawbone eat what it wanted it to eat. It made that jawbone drink whether it wanted to or not. Eat whether it wanted to or not. Bray whether it wanted to or not. That jawbone had no authority or control because it was ruled by another head. Wow. Preaching that. Lord have mercy. I ask you tonight, what controls your life? Wow. Amen. What is the head that controls your life? What is your authority? You say, I, hey, listen, preacher, I'm a rebel's rebel. I then nobody, there's nobody controlling me. I am my own authority. No, you're not. Good preaching. Some of you are controlled by a little, little, little box in your front pocket. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe a round can in your back pocket. <laughs> Maybe you're controlled by your fork and your spoon. Amen. Yeah, yeah that's right. right. I've been there. Maybe you're controlled by your computer. Go ahead. That's right. good. Maybe you're controlled by a liquor bottle. Go ahead. Maybe you're controlled by a little bit of weed. I don't know what you're controlled by. Tell me what you're controlled by. Amen. I don't know what you're controlled by. I'll tell you this right now. God can never use you 
until you break through, free from what's controlling you. What preaching? Amen. To you break the stranglehold of whatever authority there is in your life. Right, right, right. And put yourself on display for God Almighty to become the authority in your life. Yes, sir. You'll never be used of God. Good preaching, brother. Notice this. This jawbone was used by a deliberate act of God. Yes, sir. That's right. God said, okay. I choose to use you. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right, brother. There are those who are just as faithful as you are, who have put themselves on display just like you have, whom God has yet to say, all right, come on, get in my hand, let's go. Right, right. It was a deliberate act from God. Yes, sir. That jawbone had no inkling of an idea what was going to occur in its life. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But that jawbone was awaiting in position for a time when God would say, it's time. It was, it was a channel. Amen. It was a channel. It's a time. Don't get ahead of me, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> Now look here. Number next, whatever number it is, listen now. That jawbone had one duty. Brother Jeff, to lay in the hand of the one that picked it up. Now when Samson picked that jawbone up, that jawbone didn't turn around to Samson and say, now you just show me where they're at and I'll whoop them for you. You, I mean, you just walk me out there and I'll get the job done. I mean, I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm able. I can do the work. Now, you just put me out there. That jawbone didn't do anything. Brother Z, all that jawbone did was lay in the hand of the one that picked it up. And as Samson went through their waylaying a thousand Philistines, that jawbone could take no credit for what took place. The only thing that jawbone did was its duty. And its duty was simple submission. I submit my, hand, my life to the hand of the one who picks me up. Nothing more. It sure takes a whole lot of pressure off of your life. When you realize you ain't got to do nothing. That's it. Amen. You ain't got to do nothing. All you got to do is get in the hand of the one who is willing to pick you up and use you. That's all you got to do. That's your full duty. The entire duty of you as a Christian is simple submission to the authority of the one who picks you up. Samson dominated that jawbone. You've got to allow God to dominate your life. Notice this. The Bible said, listen to this. The Bible said that when it came time for Samson to end this battle, the Bible said, verse 17, it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and he called the place Ramath-Lehi. Ramath Lehi simply means the hill of the jawbone. It didn't even say the jawbone. He didn't say the Lehi, the great jawbone. 
He said, Ramath Lehi, meaning the heel of the jawbone. He gave the heel more credit than he gave the jawbone. He said, I want to thank God for the heel where I found the jawbone. He didn't say thank God for the jawbone. He gave the jawbone zero credit. None. And one of our problems in fundamental Christianity today is simply this. Everyone is trying to build some kind of name for themselves or seek some kind of place for themselves and they expect if God uses them in the slightest of way, then He must put their name in lights. Or at least in print. You're right. Notice this. In that verse, brother, the Bible said when he got done with that jawbone, he cast it aside. He discarded it. Now you got to hear me now, brother Jeff. When he got done with the jawbone, he, he discarded it. He didn't make a fancy holster and put studs on it and slip it in there like Roy Rogers. When he got done with a blessed jawbone, he said, all right, I'm done with you. <laughs> you. Now, what's the point? Sometimes God reaches a time in your life when your usefulness to him is over for the time. And what he does is he shelves you. And that is a real test of one's faith when God puts you on a shelf. Just because God puts you on a shelf does not mean God is mad with you. Just because God puts you on a shelf does not mean God is done with you. When God shelves you, He does it, Brother Beach, to see if your motives are pure enough for Him to use you again. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because God's not done with the jawbone. Right. God wants to bring the jawbone past being used to being utilized. Now listen to me now. There is a difference between being used and being utilized. The jawbone had been used, but now God wants to utilize it. Let's end it right here. You ready? Here we go. Samson said, I'm thirsty. Are you going to let me have this great victory and then let me die? And God said, no. God says, I need to find something to help him with. And God said, why, right there's a jawbone. You see, the jawbone didn't crawl off up under a bush somewhere having a pity party. The jawbone went out of the hand right back on display. <laughs> now, God picks up the jawbone. Look in your Bible, if you would, in verse number 19. The Bible said, And God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. 
That word clave does not mean that God made a hollow indention resembling a water fountain and then water springs out of the fountain. The word clave means he broke it. God can use you and never break you. But God can never utilize you until he does break you. You see, Brother Z, the Bible said, if your Bible reads like mine, I know it does, the Bible said it was the new jawbone of an ass. Which means there was still marrow in those bones. Marrow is a type of self. God, Brother George, had to break that jawbone. Pour out the marrow. And then the water could come through and flow out. Most of us, if we get real spiritual, are satisfied just to be used of God from time to time. Very few people ever want God to utilize their life. God's use of the jawbone brought death. God's utilization of the jawbone brought life. Are you willing tonight, as I end, to let God use your life? Number two, and most important, are you willing to let God utilize your life? Are you willing to let God break you? Break you. Pour out the self. And then have him flow through you running water type of the Holy Ghost. Let God flow through you to bring life to a society that needs God more than she's ever needed it. Amen.